0: the eLead Inclusive Podcast. I'm your host, Amira Williams, and today in our fourth episode in our Meet the Advisory Board series, we have Mr. Ardo Fuentes. Mr. Fuentes earned his engineering degree from UTEP, but quickly decided to change his career into finance, where he worked in the field of investment banking in San Francisco and New York City. Now he's a financial advisor with the Bank of America Merrill Lynch in Dallas. Mr. Fuentes teaches us that our soft skills are just as important as our technical skills. Let's learn a little bit more about him here only on the ELead Inclusive podcast. Hello, Mr. Ardo. How are you? I'm
1: doing well, thank you.
0: Um, To start, can you give us a brief introduction of yourself and kind of how you got to where you are now?
1: Sure, sure. So I grew up in El Paso and... Uh, My parents uh, originally, from my mom's side, immigrated from Germany and ended up uh, in El Paso. My grandmother would cross the bridge into Juarez and um, go to a dentist, and my grandmother had four daughters, and this dentist had four sons, and out of that uh, encounter, my mom and dad got married. So... I'm half German and half Mexican, Mm -hmm. and grew up in El Paso with uh, uh, my sister. So I made my way through uh, living in the northeast El Paso, I went to Andrus High School, and I was always good in math, and eventually decided, just in hearing how good UTEP's engineering school was, that I would apply there, and I didn't know really which engineering discipline to go into, whether it should be mechanical, electrical, computer science. But there was a summer program that was ran by a professor at the time who was renowned. His name was Dr. Lavosky. And we had uh, exposure to all the engineering disciplines in this summer program, which really uh, I thought before applying to the university that I would go into electrical engineering. And But this summer engineering program really exposed me and what I found was that I, I gravitated toward mechanical engineering. So I decided to pursue mechanical engineering at UTEP, spent uh, my years uh, in there, and then ultimately graduated with a mechanical engineering degree. Uh, I also did extracurricular activities by playing on the UTEP soccer team and also was involved with a fraternity so i like to think that i got my i was i, I participated a lot of things and uh, I, I i think i got the full exposure of the university environment uh, although it was more of a commuter school for me mm-hmm. but i still uh, i think i really immersed myself and enjoyed it
0: mm-hmm. so yeah Okay, so t- a little bit about the anecdote about your grandmother and then your parents. Sure. Of the four other couples, did they? Did anybody else get married?
1: No, it was <laughs> just my mom and dad. Okay. And so it was neat. It mm-hmm.
0: was neat. How did you um, kind of get interested in engineering from the start?
1: You know, it's interesting. Um, I think I was always really good in math. And it came easier to me than writing mm-hmm. and reading. And so I decided to focus more on that. And I enjoyed studying that. I could, for some reason, I was able to focus on that for hours at a time. I wouldn't say I was actually very gifted in that it came to me. Mm-hmm. I actually had to work very hard at mm-hmm. it. But that said, I it was something that it was much easier. I enjoyed it. And from that standpoint, I thought this is something I want to get into. And if engineering is you know, is pretty math intensive and math heavy, since I, I felt better at doing that than uh, the, the humanities side of things, I decided uh, I would pursue that. The, I think the other thing too was it was really it stood out to me that my parents uh, viewed the engineering uh, highly, I think from, where they grew up, or at uh, the time they grew up, uh, it was a very well-regarded discipline. And so uh, UTEP having a strong engineering program, in their view, was something that they pushed me to, to try to get into. Mm-hmm. So uh, so with my math, um, my interest in math, or, and how well I did, and them sort of steering me in that direction, I think that's what ultimately led to uh, pursuing my degree at UTEP.
0: Was there ever a point in time where you kind of felt like, I, I don't want to be an engineer, but my parents, I'm doing it for my parents?
1: <laughs> it's such a good question. Uh, the answer is yes, and it was actually my senior year. Mm. Um, I started questioning it, the, the merit of it, and I wasn't really sure why. I think it, it was, like I said, it was math was something I was good at, um, but it was also something my parents, I realized my parents wanted me to be in wasn't really sure that was something I wanted to be in, but because I was so good at it, I decided I would stick with it and graduate with that degree and it, perhaps it would come in handy at some point. So already I started um, questioning, mm-hmm. uh, questioning it, but I knew it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I continued and graduated with degree, but that's when it started was my senior year. Mm-hmm. and then. I actually started working in the automotive industry for a Japanese uh, company that supplied all the major uh, automotive manufacturing companies here in El Paso. So I did that for about three years, and just the cultural experience of it being a Japanese company was kind of interesting where we had to wear uniforms every day, Mm -hmm. twice a day through the intercom. We do exercises for uh, three minutes with Japanese music, so
0: (laughs) it's kind of a
1: unique experience, but... Mm -hmm. Um, And then during that time, too, I thought, you know, I started asking myself and going through a discovery phase of what did I really want to do in life, Um, even though things were were going well. uh, I started, I I started leaning toward finance, and I, I thought to myself that I really wanted to work on Wall Street. And so from there, I started thinking and started reading, actually, of what things I needed to do to achieve that and that's where that next chapter really started in that exploration process. Mm-hmm.
0: So now you do like your careers in finance correct? That's correct. So how did how did you approach that? How did that come to be?
1: Well, so that's a that's a career change, right? Mm-hmm. So then it became a question of, okay, if that's what I want to go into and I want to work in New York, mm-hmm. Wall Street, what do I need to do, right? And where I saw the path of least resistance to do that was to get an MBA. Mm-hmm. But as I read more and more, I realized that um, it, you just the better the school you went to, uh, I think, the higher chance of, of getting a job at Wall Street um your, there were, your chances were better so it, it became clear that it was going to be something where I had to get a very good score on my GMAT mm-hmm. to get into a good business school I think too though that these business schools uh, viewed quantitative uh, very highly. Mm-hmm. And so I think with my engineering background and on the GMAT, I ultimately scored high on the math section, very mm-hmm. high, which helped me in, in the view of uh, these business schools. So then I applied to multiple business schools and I eventually chose Notre Dame. Mm,
0: nice. So then did kind of having that background in engineering from UTEP draw you to ELEAD here at UTEP? It
1: did. Mm -hmm. And ultimately uh, I came across Roger and uh, actually via uh, Dr. Natalicio Mm -hmm. who ultimately connected me to Roger. And there was um, just as I learned a discussion between him and I and learning more about it and what they were trying to accomplish. And what I took away from that was uh, there was a recognition that engineers lacked softer skills Mm -hmm. that they realized, I think, later on that they needed. And if there was a way to be more proactive in helping them uh, better their skills earlier on in the process, um, perhaps it could be achieved through a program like ELEAD. And I really gravitated toward that because uh, I went through a lot of difficulties of not honing, uh, or having honed my soft skills and really having to learn that through my career. And what I saw is that there were other individuals that I was, you know, it was a very competitive environment. And so they had an advantage over me. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, um, there was a lot of catch up associated mm-hmm. with that. And I wished I could have learned, uh, those softer skills or at least have been introduced to it earlier on so that I could apply myself, um, uh, in those, in those, in those areas. Mm
0: -hmm. So then where did you learn those softer skills?
1: Well, some of it was through MBA uh, business school where they did teach, for example, uh, communications, presenting, uh, leadership. And then when I worked on Wall Street, uh, they really throw you into things really fast
0: so you did reach your goal I did yeah uh, ultimately I did
1: work on Wall Street but it was uh, it was very hard mm-hmm. and um, but so it was really a lot of uh, learning by failure right mm-hmm. so I think you have to be sort of resilient and um, and let uh, don't let failure get to you uh, and then because you're going to but as long as you can pick yourself up and continue to move forward, uh, you'll ultimately get there. But, yeah, through, it was through a lot of failure in, in the real-world environment, no question.
0: That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so um, kind of how do you attribute that um, mindset of learning through failure? Did you learn it while at Wall Street? Or did you kind of go in with a mindset, okay, I'm okay with failing, but I'll just keep going?
1: It's interesting. I think you're shaped... Uh, your resilience and your resolve is shaped by experiences earlier on in life where there are setbacks. And then I think some of it ha- may have to do with your your family and how you're brought up. But we were, uh, I came from a very blue collar family. We didn't have much in the way of resources. So um, we were just taught to, to get things done mm-hmm. at least. Um, so with very limited uh resources so i think it was one of those things where through perhaps uh, my family lack of resources and trying to figure uh, things out and then through perhaps sports um, it you know in sports you go through failures but you have to continue on as well so it was i think a combination of factors that gave me from a personality standpoint that type of resolve and resiliency and that um and then as i Went through my career in, in failing. It was one of those things where yes, it was a setback, but ultimately I was able to recover and uh, forge ahead. So it's important. But I think looking back, uh, it was it's it's important to to realize that you shouldn't be afraid, afraid of failure. It's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. it's a learning thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, from that standpoint, it, it wasn't easy. But at looking uh, back on it. It was important, and I think it was important in helping me with uh, my career.
0: Can you touch a little bit more about, like, an instance of failure that was, like, that hits you hard that <laughs> you then had to, like, grow from and how you moved sure,
1: forward? Sure, sure. And it was interesting because, um, well, there were so many, but, I mean, it was, I worked on the trading floor, uh, and I had to, one of the, my functions was to Tell the trader at the end of the day what his profit or loss was from trading because I was a junior analyst, and it was you had to be spot on on terms of what his PNL was and where his risk was, and if you didn't get that right for him, uh, you could get uh, a lot of wrath from the trader, as well as from senior management. And I remember being pulled aside and. Uh, Ultimately, it was my week into, into my job, actually, and he's, the managers said, look, I'm just going to let you know that, um, and I, I didn't get the, the P&L right that day, right, it was, it was the, and the risk was off, but he said, I don't mind if you make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. but if you make the same mistake, you're not mm-hmm. going to be here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, I think the takeaway is it's okay to make m- mistakes, but you need to learn from your mistakes. If you keep repeating them and not learn from them, then you're not moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I th- that's a big distinction is if when making mistakes is don't make it habit of m- repeating the same mistakes because that is just an indication that you're not learning. Yeah. But from that example on the trading desk, uh, I failed to quantify what his true PNL and risk was at the end of the day, but. There's situations like that or, um, you know, interviews uh, Mm. where I I failed to to nail the interview, but you just continue to forge ahead uh, as well. So um, those are, I guess, a couple of examples.
0: So let's bring a little bit more happiness into this. (laughs) Um, What was then a career high for you?
1: Mm. So I think from my standpoint... Um, just, it's one of those things where perhaps it's achieving certain recognition as it relates to, for me, it was a big thing title-wise, right, uh, you, you know, c- someone coming from El Paso and uh, in, in making uh, vice president and then senior vice president at a very large bank on Wall Street, it's a big deal, right, mm-hmm. for, for just starting from scratch to getting to where you are. But then when you get to a certain point in a certain age, you realize those, while they are um, important, the bigger thing, the more meaningful things are your family, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I've been married now 20 years, Congrats. 21 years, thank you, and then have two Uh, wonderful boys 18 and 15 Mm -hmm. and those things are really what's important it's Mm -hmm. your family and uh, friends and while yes your career can be very rewarding Mm -hmm. you have to balance that out with making sure that you maintain your friendships and your family because that is truly what's meaningful and later, I, I think I realize that more and more uh, in terms of purpose and meaning. So yes, your job can give you while you may have get that title and so forth and that pay raise. Uh, those are short lived mm-hmm. um, impacts. And then the more meaningful long term things are relationships. Mm-hmm. So something to keep in mind.
0: Love your perspective on not only your career, but then on how you also kind of balance your family with that. I think that's so important, and I think that's also kind of a driving force that ELead tries to enforce is that that balance. Yeah. And so, um, can you give me one more instance of kind of what you see in ELead that you like?
1: So ELead is is it's important because it it's not just where yes you are going through engineering right but elite is saying well look you need to consider other aspects that are out there that could be helpful uh, and make make you unique as well so open open your eyes to various things in life and be open-minded right so not don't have such a linear mindset, a Mm -hmm. rigid mindset, Mm -hmm. as the way I like to think of it. Uh, Yes, the rigor of engineering is very difficult, but it can also be very linear and myopic. Here what ELE does is it it provides broader exposure to different things. And that I think can be uh, very rewarding and meaningful in taking a holistic view of uh, things that. Could help you in your path so uh, that's what stands out in e-lead to mm-hmm. me is it's not as rigid as linear um, it helps you think more creatively and openly mm-hmm. and gives you a broader perspective yeah. which I think is important these days mm-hmm.
0: yeah well thank you so much for thank being you. on the podcast thank I you. truly truly enjoyed your insights and your perspectives thank, thank you so much again